Hello and welcome to the fifth ever episode of God Save the Screen, hosted by me, Sam Oliver. I hope you're well. I hope your work is winding down now for Christmas. Um, if you work in retail and that's not possible, God bless. Good luck. God bless you. I know it's a fucking minefield. I worked as an elf for five years over the Christmas period. Um, so I think I've truly done my time in that regard. I do actually look back on it quite fondly. It was it was fun. It was fun being an elf in Santa's Grotto at Legoland. Uh, fuck me, it was hectic. Cannot do it now. You need so much energy and pep to be an elf for nine hours a day, always on your feet. Don't miss it, but do look back on it fondly, um, which I guess is what you kind of want from your uni age job. I got the Arsenal game later this afternoon as well. I'm recording this uh, on Saturday, so early afternoon. Hope we can beat Villa away. Tough game. Uh, obviously beat Luton since my last recording, where I nearly killed my dog celebrating that late Declan Rice winner. Hoping for similar scenes here, although my dog is not. So today, uh, I'm covering Shetland Season 8. So I already did one episode about Episodes 1 to 4 of Shetland Season 8. Now, Episodes 5 to 6, and a kind of season summary, because the season of Shetland is now over. Uh, in case you missed the previous episode on Shetland, or... You did, but you just forgot what it is, or you don't know what the show is at all. It's just a police procedural crime show set on Shetland. Each season follows a different crime and different sorts of guest characters, but the core detective team we follow has remained the same through seasons one to seven. Uh, but there was a big change um, into this season, being that Douglas Henschel, who played Detective Jimmy Perez, has left the show and has been replaced by a new lead, uh, Ruth Calder, played by Ashley Jensen, who's in stuff like Extras, Ugly Betty, Catastrophe, great actress. So that was the kind of big change coming into the season. Uh, so let's dive in to Shetland episodes five and six of season eight. So I kind of ended the last episode on Shetland a bit apprehensive about what was actually going to happen with the rest of the show because it seemed like things were being tied up through all the major plot lines, they were all being tied up and told to be irrelevant. And that kind of continued on, which I didn't love. Um, but I'll talk about episodes five and six sort of on their own originally, and then I'll sort of dive into the season conclusion, if you like. So episode four ends with Cal dying, and you don't know, car crash, accident, deliberate, sabotage, whatever happened. So the opening of episode five was really sweet when you see Cal and Ruth as sort of young, in love teenagers, Cal being all adventurous and wacky, like, let's run in the sea, and Ruth like, there, I don't know, I don't know, I'm all sensible, I'm the sensible one. Uh, that was really sweet. Um, it went on a bit too long. You bear in mind, there's two hours left of television at this point to wrap up everything you've introduced into the show, which is a lot. And I think the first eight minutes of episode five were just... Ruth finding out he's died, which we don't need to see because we've already we already know he's died. You've teased the episode with he's died, so I don't know why you dedicate any time to other people reacting to it. Um, I kind of think just the setup of Cal and Ruth as teenagers and seeing a bit more of what, what Cal meant to Ruth was kind of enough. Um, so I wasn't a huge fan of how much longer that went on for. Um, I will say about Cal, I think Jamie Sives was really well cast. I thought he was excellent as the kind of slightly scummy, but ultimately just quite charming, kind of down in his luck, kind of scheming um, guy. I thought he was really good. I really liked his performance. 
Um, obviously, that's it for him in the Shetland universe, unless he comes back as some kind of force ghost, which I can't see myself. So aside from the issues around they spent too long on telling us he died when we already seen he died, the biggest issue with this episode is that we don't get anything new at all. And that's quite a big issue. Um, this episode mainly focuses on A, Cal's death, which we later find out was just an accident. He was just drunk and driving. And then it focuses on the doctor and his wife that's been blackmailed by um, part of the Bane family. And you're trying to see, was Ellen's death linked to this? Did the doctor get fed up and kill her? That seems very plausible now. But as it turns out, um, what happened, we learn what happened with the kid that died. Um, the mother was taking pills she wasn't meant to and wasn't looking at the kid and he died. It was kind of the most watered down version of what this plotline could have possibly been. Because throughout the show, we've known Ellen and her mother have been involved in some blackmail around the death of the kid. And that opens up all kinds of possibilities about what happened, about what they saw, about who was involved, yada, yada, yada. And knowing all that, but not knowing the exact details, what was revealed was just the most basic version of what it could have been, which was basically, it was a tragic accident, uh, but she was taking pills that weren't prescribed to her via her husband, who is a doctor. And that was kind of it. They were like, at the end, oh, yeah, they, they, were, they weren't involved either. Um, which again, that felt... It was just another red herring, and I got quite sick of those, and I'll talk about that a lot later on. But it was just... I was a bit fed up at this point, to be honest. None of these side quests went anywhere. The original Honeypot scheme, the stuff with Tom Knox, Howl, um, he was chasing her around the island in the first episode, the drug stuff Cal was involved with and that Rosemary's boyfriend was involved with, the weird cult involving Peter Eyre and Rosemary, the doctor... It, none of it mattered. None of it went anywhere. It was all just the maze that never ended. Um, and I'll talk about this more later, but I thought that was disappointing. I'd have loved at least one or two of these side plots to have somehow been linked. And they just weren't. So ending episode five, I was very... I wouldn't say down, but I thought, okay, this is going to be a bit of an underwhelming season. Uh, and also, small point, so they suspect the Doctor of killing Ellen for the reasons that she was blackmailing him. And then he says, oh no, I dropped her off at home. And they just kind of believe him. Which is a very small point, and I get maybe you can't show every bit of deduction that's going to happen, but like, can you prove that? <laughs> like, I don't know, I feel like if I'm a police officer and the person I suspect of murder says, no, no, I dropped her off at home, I wouldn't go, oh, sure, okay. Well, you're free to go, that's good enough for me, I don't know. I feel like there should be more detective-ing, detective-ing? Detecting in in that. So yeah, small thing. Episode five, I wasn't I wasn't happy. And episode six was kind of what it had to be, given where we ended up. Um, the setup from the very start of this episode, or actually the ending of the last episode, is that right? This is all about the Bane family, um, and it also tells you very early on by the first flashback scene, you're going to see exactly what happens because when a show is starting to tell you what happened and it starts with one flashback and it cuts between them, you know the last flashback you see is going to be a happening because otherwise, why would they have flashbacks in? I loved Grace Bain uh, in this episode and throughout the show. Uh, this is what I like my villains to be like, just horrible, twisted, fucking scum people. And we don't have to learn about 
any trauma they had growing up or maybe their partner is sick or mercury's in retrograde so they're in a crabby mood like sometimes most of the time our villains can just be horrible nasty people when she's screaming at ruth like vandal vandal that's fucking great and that's what shows don't do enough if you're on like a major broadcaster at 9 p.m because people struggle to feel anything about those characters at all but i i'd love that they did that and then she kind of looked a bit stupid at the end where tosh is like did you know and she's like no i didn't know about what happened um but just how to the right to the end of at her core she just seems like a horrible twisted person and i love they didn't do what they, what they did with howl where it's like oh i can explain it away from this so on to the actual the big reveal the big shock being that ellen is actually the product of an incestuous relationship between the man she thought was her uncle and her mother who she thought was her uncle is actually her father who is brothers with her mother all very fucked up and you can see why ellen ran off that would really grind my gears as well if i found that out but there are issues around the reveal so it's very shocking and it explains why the bain family are so weird and insular and why there's always been this weird tension but we have no way of guessing this i feel like i want these shows to kind of hint at things or maybe give us the info we needed to work this out but then explain it in a way where we wouldn't have we went to put the pieces together like that, like kind of be cleverer than us, basically. But by making the twist something that we had no way of guessing other than just like putting up potential things on a dartboard and throwing a dart and seeing what it landed on, it just feels a bit too much like a soap and not enough like a police procedural crime show if the twist is that it was incest, but you had no way of knowing, but it's what happened, sorry. Uh, and part of the deduction we do see about how they start to work it out feels a bit too easy. Um, it's when Bobby Bain's in custody and he says, he says, yeah, I would never hurt Ellen. She was my family. And then they're like, my family. M- what a curious turn of phrase, my family. And they kind of work out from there something weird's gone on. It's kind of a bit like you know, the only bit of Shutter Island I didn't like at the end is when they're explaining to Leonardo DiCaprio he's actually Andrew Ladis or whatever. And they're like, look, it was an anagram of your name. It's too easy. Anagrams. No one does any fucking anagrams. Always it's anagrams and shit when they want to explain something easily. Like, look, the baddie used the pseudonym, but he he twisted the words around. So it's an anagram. So he gave us a hint. Like, people don't do that. And this kind of felt like a weirder, sillier version of that where he says it was my family. And somehow they latched on to him saying she was my family. Like, oh, wow. Okay, what's what's happened there? Because they did think at that point he was her uncle, so it's very conceivable he would have just loved her loads and been sad a member of her, his family died. I found that weird. And also, on the flashbacks, how it actually happened didn't really ring true once Kieran's caught and he's explaining how he killed her. And you can always say, oh, but it's his, it's what he's saying. And of course, he'll say it in a way to make himself look less bad. But I think the fact they showed us the flashback that to me means that's what happened. If they show us the flashback, I don't think we're meant to doubt that because the flashbacks have just served as telling us things throughout the show. It's not been a device to trick us at any point. And Ellen kind of screaming at him about how she's not his daughter and her whole life's been a lie and therefore his whole life's been a lie. 
she was doing it with too much glee. I felt like that was written oddly. I felt like the trauma that would cause Ellen, um, you wouldn't be screaming that in the weird kind of nah, 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 nah way. I kind of thought she was. It felt weird. And I could totally see how that serves as a motive for killing. Do not get me wrong. I like, I, hang on, that sounds like I'm condoning murder. I want to make it very clear I'm not condoning murder. I'm saying if you're writing a show about a murder, that would be a motive that sounds realistic. There we go. Not condoning murder. Um, but the way it came about felt odd. Like Ellen tells him that thing, which must seem unbelievable, surely. And then he's like, oh, bollocks. And then she's like, yeah, you idiot. How did you clock, you dickhead? I hate you. Like, it, it, I don't know. It, it felt a bit silly. And they kind of thought, okay, we need to have him kill her here. So let's have her be as horrible as possible. I don't know. It, it, felt, it felt odd. Um, and what I will say, in fairness, about the deduction point I made, you looking back now, now that we know who did it and what happened, the way Ellen's kind of like body was presented and stuff, and how she has placed that lovely bit of land, and there was no like, it wasn't like an overkill type thing, you could probably point to a member of the family, so I will say fair play for that. Um, but there was no way we were guessing any of this. It felt a bit random, which is kind of the issue I had with Broadchurch's reveal in season one. Uh, it was um, Olivia Coleman's husband was um, kind of a paedophile now, but you had no way of knowing that whatsoever. We just kind of made it up for the last episode, so it could be shocking. And Broadchurch also did that same thing, actually, where it had loads and loads of different side plots, side alleys that just, oh, no, it wasn't that. Oh, no, it wasn't that. Oh, no, it wasn't that. Um, and with Ellen, I mean, how many people had a really strong motive to kill this 22-year-old woman? I mean, the people in the honeypot scheme... She would have pissed people off there. Howell and his buddy chasing her. Strong motive. Rosemary, incredibly strong motive. The weird ginger cult head that really resented her. It was killing sheep with a knife in her spare time for a laugh. And Peter Eyre, the weird cult man that was stealing her body from the morgue and then trying to burn it in a weird cult ritual. No, no, it wasn't him. He had nothing to do with it. Uh, and Tom Knox and that whole family that had a, a horrible vendetta against the Baines for... um. For stealing the farm and ruining their life. No, no, he had nothing to do, nothing to do with it. It wasn't him at all. And the doctor, who she was involved in a blackmail scheme against after his kid died. No, no, it wasn't him at all. No, nothing to do with it. No, no, of course not. And Ocal's death, just an accident as well. And Ruth's family, I forgot about that. Ruth Calder's family as well, and his, um, sorry, her brother's new wife, that thing with the cigarette. No, no, not involved. And she knew Ellen as well. No, not involved. It, it was just a constant showing us doors that were locked and actually had nothing to do with it. And that's okay if there's other stuff going on, but if it's actually ends up being just a domestic incident and all these crazy plots you've opened up for us go nowhere by the last episode, it's going to feel underwhelming. That's just natural. But the ending of this episode is brilliant. The very ending is fantastic uh, with Ruth embracing the island and kind of the lessons Cal taught her it was predictable that she was going to come around to the island because she's got to stay in the show. But they did that beautifully. So overall, I'd say this show did the hard part very well and the easier part, not so well. And what I mean by the hard part is they had the main character of the show leave after seven seasons. And I said in the previous episode that I would back the show to replace him well because although Jimmy Perez was the main character... 
it was never really about Jimmy for me. Any issues with his family were always secondary to the core of the show, which was solving a crime that has happened on Shetland. But it's still not an easy thing to do. And they still do it fantastically with how they set up Ruth and Tosh. They did that so well. And I love Jimmy Perez and Douglas Henschel and all his family stuff that went on. I thought it was fantastic and brilliant. But I can't say I missed it because I, I thought Ashley Jensen was so good. Uh, and I, I've lo- It's been so rewarding seeing Tosh step up into her new role. So I think they did that fantastically. And that kills so many shows, a uh, big character leaving. And the bit Chetland's usually quite good at, the actual core crime story, was disappointing, I thought. The, the, as I mentioned earlier, the endless red herrings that had nothing to do with it. We've got, of the people that we just see on screen, we have probably seven people that have a really good motive for killing her. Again, not condoning murder, saying if I'm writing a show. They did have a good motive. And that's not even including the guy that actually killed her. Um... And none of them had anything to do with it. Why couldn't it be linked? I mean, you have a guy literally steal her body and burn it and be a weird cult man, and he's not involved at all. Nor is the weird cult girl that's killing sheep with a knife that clearly resented Ellen. And they have nothing to do with it. it, it it's just... It, it's kind of almost like clickbait. It just endless cliffhangers and suspense and intrigue doesn't bring us anywhere. And I don't think that's how you really make a compelling crime show. There should have probably been less plot lines, but they had more links to them. Um, like maybe Peter Eyre and Rosemary did do it together, but Rosemary didn't really want to, and but she helped cover it up, and she's conflicted. Uh, what? Why couldn't there be some links? And maybe someone she honeypot schemed back in her life in London went and got back at her. Um, because the fact that she was being chased around Shetland by this criminal gang, she was blackmailing was so almost revoltingly irrelevant to what actually happened in the show. It was all just a vice to get her to Shetland, which is really frustrating. And I mentioned on episode two of this podcast about The Long Shadow, about how I thought it really benefited um, from having seven episodes, because that allowed you to get to know all the characters and the victims and survivor Peter Sutcliffe a lot better. Here, I think, if you had said, okay, you've got three episodes or four episodes to tell the story, you can cut out the Howl stuff. You can cut out the cult stuff or leave it in, have be a bit more involved. You, the Doctor stuff, you cut that out, didn't go anywhere. Went, didn't go fucking anywhere. I feel you would have made them develop the Bane family a bit better and not focus so much time on these red herring plots. So I feel this was actually an example of a show that was trying to do way too much. And I feel if you really forced them to cut it down with a couple less episodes, they'd have had to prioritise what was this story actually about? Because you strip away all the window dressing with all the other plot lines and the cults and the gangs and the fires and the sheep and whatever. This story is about a fucked up family and a domestic murder. And everything else is irrelevant window dressing. And I feel like they want, they tried to be a bit too gang explosion, this happening, yeah, sheep dying, cult. Tried to be a bit too much. And I wonder if that's overcompensating for losing the main character, trying to make sure it still gets people watching. But I love how they've set this up. It's I'm praising the bits I thought I wouldn't praise, and I'm disappointing the bits I've disappointed in. What a bizarre show. I love how it's all been set up. Ruth's season arc was so predictable, but it was beautiful. Her running into the ocean at the end 
in kind of a tribute to Cal or just embracing the island and her roots after she met up with her brother was beautiful. It nearly nearly got me teared up. It was fantastic. And I loved watching her and Tosh. Tosh's development's been so lovely to watch. Uh, in season eight, obviously they've heightened it because we've got no more Jimmy Perez. But it's been so nice seeing her go from kind of unreliable, kind of pissed to just having a nice kid with a lovely man and being the DI that's leading the meetings and she's got her buddy that's encouraging her, this big, important one from the Met police in London. I think that's been really sweet and I love these characters a lot more than I ever thought I would because the show isn't really focused on them. And I love that they've not made any drama with Tosh and her her partner. It's just, yeah, he's fucking sound and he's sweet and they've got a kid and everything's lovely. I'm really glad they've not delved into... um, like making family drama for them to make it more dramatic because it's fine. Speaking of, do you remember when they kind of hinted that Ruth was related to Ellen? Because I didn't. I just remember that just now. So many red herrings with this show. Please just make more things linked into the story. Lastly, I want to say it's shot so beautifully still. And I don't know, I don't have the technical expertise to say whether it's shot beautifully or is Shetland just beautiful. Uh, But I want to go to Shetland because of this show, um, which is a weird thing to say about the murders, but I looked it up and none of this is true. It just looks so gorgeous. And I actually have been looking at going to Shetland and Orkney and these islands because it looks just unbelievably beautiful. It must be so much fun to shoot. Um, Must freeze your bollocks off being outside in Shetland all day with all the wind. Um, But it's just gorgeous. I don't think I've seen anyone wear a t-shirt across eight seasons of this show. Uh, I think they're always freezing, but... It's shot beautifully, and I still do really like this show. I just I don't, didn't enjoy being constantly lied to by this show. I want people to be more relevant and not just be in it for two episodes. So ultimately, I think season eight of Shetland promised a lot, and while I don't think what it delivered was really bad, it wasn't what we thought we'd ordered. It wasn't what we thought was on the way. And if you do strip away all the side pieces and stuff and all the closed doors the irrelevant bits the window dressing it was a good story it just it's so hard to really feel like you care about it when there are so many other interesting characters that actually had nothing to do with the story in the end um and i do think that's a shame but i will be there for season nine and at ten and however long they go on for however many people they think they can keep killing off in this tiny tiny island which everyone would have surely moved from by now if we had eight seasons worth of murders on this tiny island. Uh, But there you go. I'll still be there uh, because I still love these characters, which is really not what I thought I'd be saying when the season started. Wow. Last crazy, guys. And that is about it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to follow the podcast on Twitter, request new episodes on certain shows, send me vile, disgusting, unprintable, unsayable abuse, uh, you can reach the podcast on Twitter at GSTS Podcast, or you can email me at GSTSPod at gmail.com. Uh, I do check the email occasionally. No one's fucking emailed, because why would you? But I'm going to keep saying it. Someone's going to email eventually. I'm sure of it. Uh, and as ever, thank you to Mr. Alex Towles, who makes this a podcast. Without him, this would not exist. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Towles. That's Towles with two L's. Get him to edit for you. Do all sorts of wonderful things for you. Um, but he is banned from the Lee Delaware services. 
after an incident with a claw machine, and I wouldn't bring it up because he's very sensitive about it. But that's all from me today, guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.